Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, uh, surviving the freakishly extreme cold here where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, to put it in perspective how cold it is, you know how like when the weather gets bad and you turn on the news and they say things like, you know, give yourself more time to get to work, drive slower, watch out for accidents, things like that? Mm-hmm. One of the warnings that came in on the news was, if you find yourself outside, don't breathe too deep or you'll damage your lungs. What? <laughs> yeah, we have a high today scheduled of zero Fahrenheit with a low of negative 12. Mm-hmm. And the wind chill is putting it somewhere in the negative 30 to 45. And the, the truly freaky thing is that the projected high on Saturday is going to be 55. So for those people playing at home, that's a 66-degree swing in the span of three days. Hmm. You almost yeah, me, things... You almost made me spit out my tea, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which has never happened on a podcast, so uh, that would be a first, but... <laughs> hey, yeah. achievement unlocked, spit take. Yeah. Uh, but no, it didn't happen. Um, no, it's just the when you said about the breathing thing, I was like, what? I've never heard that before, so... Um, yeah, and we're not even getting the, getting the worst of it. Chicago is actually going to be colder, and then like northern Minnesota, where which is bordering like Canada, they're seeing uh, you know with the wind chill, it's going to be like minus sixty five, hmm. which is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. And then it goes away in two days, which makes even less sense. Cool. Um, so, what have you been playing? Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm still kind of grinding along with uh, Fallout 76. I was talking to a buddy of mine, Jordan, who I used to podcast with, because he has that game, and he hasn't played it in a long time, and he's asking me about it. And I said, well, it's been patched into a playable version, and it's truly sad that that's actually a statement that has to exist. Mm. Um, so yeah. if you haven't played it before, but you want to get into it, um, it's playable. I mean, there's still bugs, there's still glitches, but every game has bugs and glitches. Right. But, you know, the server disconnects are a lot less now. I don't think I've had one in a couple of weeks, which means I'm going to get them all day today mm. uh, when I get done podcasting and get back into playing. Um, I've been playing, I guess you could kind of call it playing uh, Overwatch, okay. although I seem to be cursed with getting into terrible teams that just never win. <laughs> and that's not me being hyperbolic. Um, I'm down almost 600 comp points from my initial rating for this season. So, oh, right. yeah, right. Um, and it's and it's always like everybody dies on the map instantly, and we lose in the span of like 30 seconds, and nobody has a clue what the hell just happened. Mm-hmm. Or you get terrible teammates. Like I was playing last night, and some may kept throwing up ice walls, um, blocking everybody from the objective. I I hate when you know when you're in when you're in the. Uh say the waiting room or the lobby or whatever and uh it goes three two one and then they throw up a nice wall and nobody can get past that's uh yeah yeah that used to happen yeah a lot, so. well, you know the the one map where it's got the where you have to capture the point and it's got the giant hole in the middle that just pisses everybody off i um i forget the name of it but you'll if you see you know it anyway we were i was playing a moira and the okay. team i was on so it was so bad I had less than a thousand healing and less than a thousand damage hmm. as a Moira, which I didn't even think was possible. Yeah. Because yeah. just for the damage alone, you could just throw a damage orb and run away and still get damage ticks or throw a healing orb. We were getting killed that quickly and that often. Hmm. Yeah, that's how things go. Um, so, how's the PlayStation side of things for you? 
Uh, it's good. Uh, I've been still doing the Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. I'm grinding my way through the story. I don't think I'm anywhere close, but you know, it's one of those games that I play every bit every now and then. Um, I am going to do the Anthem demo on PS4. Uh, my buddy Jordan that I was telling you about, he's a big PS4 guy, and so we're going to team up on that together. He's all in on Anthem. He's already got it pre-ordered, and he did the VIP beta uh, last weekend, which mm. apparently uh, had a lot of problems. I wouldn't know. I didn't try to play it. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm inter- I want to know how the gameplay feels, because uh, like I said, um, I think it was last week when we talked about something to do with the game. Um, that like I'm I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna invest twenty hours in the multiplayer then why would I invest five minutes? Because I I know I'm not gonna be an anthem multiplayer get player. I know I'm just gonna do the campaign if there is like a solid campaign, and then I'm yep. just gonna be kind of done with it. Because uh, in terms of multiplayer games and stuff, I already have enough uh, things things I could do. Um, yeah, but, and that's uh, not an uncommon sentiment. A couple of YouTubers yeah. that I follow were talking about that, and they said there's no PvP at launch in the game. It's all PvE, uh, so mm. they're not even going to bother playing it. So Yeah, we'll see how it goes. When's that game come out? Is that one of the 15th uh, games? It's either one of the 15th games or the 22nd games, but it's definitely right. coming out in February. Yeah, there's like a, I remember when uh, <laughs> this, the first Mass Effect launched in January, and everybody was freaking out because you normally didn't get you know, start of the year games coming out, and now friggin' everything is launching in the first couple three months. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I do like if games come out in like the first week of January, because then once you you kind of finish with your Christmas games at that point, and then like January comes around and like nothing's really there until the end of the month, like this this year with Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts. So it'd be good if more games came out like just at that start bit of January to to kind of kick things off. So I don't know. But um, yeah, watch out for the fifteenth and twenty-second for whatever comes out on those days. So, uh, yeah, cool. Um, say so I've been playing um, Resident Evil Two and Kingdom Hearts Three. Um, I got to a point with Resident Evil Two where, and let me quickly say that I am gonna jump back into the game. Um, I basically got to a point where I felt like some of the gameplay stuff got a bit ridiculous because I was at a point where um. I was what was I was in the parking garage thing, um, and I had like five or six dogs in there, and I could run reasonably well between that door and the other door because there's two different sections that you need to run between to you know get stuff and progress and whatever. And uh, I had completely run out of ammo. I had a couple of the herb things, the, the mixed ones, um, left, and I was like, okay, I I I decided to kind of stop there, and then I was a bit sort of. Um, I think quick to make a judgment because I sent the game back and then like a couple of days later I basically uh, watched um, Susie Liu on YouTube she's a, a British um, YouTuber and uh, she's like a big Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts fan and uh, she played through the second one she did because uh, you can play the game in two different ways you can either do Leon first or Claire first and then Leon second or the other one second um, and it's called like an A and B story. And basically, let's let's say for example you play as Leon first. You'll go back to the main menu after you finish that campaign, and it will say new run Claire B, and then you play her side of the story. Um, what I'm going to do to basically keep things a bit more fresh is because I started with Leon first and basically abandoned that campaign. I'm going to go back in and I'm going to do Claire A and then Leon B, so at least I get like something different. Plus the uh, the let's play that I watched Susie do was in the same order that I was gonna do it. So instead of me literally playing the exact same thing I just watched, I'm gonna like flip the stories around and, and see how that goes. 
Um, but it's, it's a really good game. They did a really, really good job, like, graphically with it. Um, and until, like, a few days ago, I never knew what, like, the first one looked like. Uh, sorry, the, the original second game looked like. And, uh, yeah, it looks like a really dated PS1 game, basically. And if you really look at, um, the original second one and then this remake of, of the second one, there's just, you know, leaps and bounds of differences. And it really, it really is quite amazing what we can do with remakes in, uh, in, like, 2018, 2019. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, Crash. Um, that game doesn't look great if you go back and, and look at the PS1 versions. But, like... You know, basically when you put a lot more sort of colour and animation and light and stuff like that into the games, it can really do something quite good. Um, but I just, I found the game to be a bit of a, like, luck situation where, like, you either have too many herbs and not enough ammo or, like, you have an equal amount of both. Because uh, there's really a management of, like, okay, do I want to shoot this zombie one more time, make sure it's dead, use another bullet, you've only got five bullets left, what do you do then? You run forward, the zombie grabs you, it maybe attacks you, you lose some health. And then you use uh, a first aid spray, and then that uses something, and then you really have to kind of... I mean, it's the whole survival horror aspect of things, but... Um, uh, yeah, after watching Susie play through her campaign, I'm gonna just jump back in and play uh, the, the Claire A run. Um, and see how things go. What's your kind of history with Resident Evil? Well, I played uh, Resident Evil 1 mm-hmm. on the Dreamcast, which I know people know that I'm old, but people forget exactly how old <laughs> I am. Um, never really played any of the other games. I'm not a big survival horror fan. Uh, one person I know joked that it's called Resident Evil 2 because you never have more than two bullets for your gun. Um, (laughs) but, but past that, uh, you know, I mean, if people love it, you know, more power to them. I'm not going to crap on them for the game or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Did you ever Uh, try any of the others? Or like look at any of the others? Honestly... What I see is usually uh, one of the things I like watching on YouTube when I'm doing something else is Twitch fails. Okay. And so I see a lot of jump scares for things like that. Uh, but outside mm-hmm. of that, nothing really, no. Speaking of uh, YouTube Twitch stuff, um, whenever I fancy having a laugh and don't and I'm not in the mood to watch one of the comedies I'm watching, I've been watching like Gamer Rage stuff. And it's just, the reason I find it specifically funny is because they're raging and breaking their own stuff and it has no effect on me because my stuff is still in front of me and working. Um, Because I know I would never like throw a PS4 across the room or throw my controller at my TV or something like that. And uh, what's specifically kind of funny is um, where they have their microphone and if they're bashing their keyboard around, uh, like halfway through their rage, they'll they'll end up unplugging their microphone, and then you'll continue to see the same rage, but in silence. Uh, which is yeah, it's just kind of a funny little thing to watch now, now and again. The videos aren't too long, so uh, have you ever watched much of that stuff? Yeah, I've seen a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of it comes up in like Twitch fails and things like that. Yeah. Probably my favorite one is people that you know, because I'm older, I'm I'm used to keyboard commands right. on because uh, I. I spent a good chunk of time using a, a computer without a mouse. And so they'll say, hey, do you know you can do a secret thing with Alt-F4? Mm-hmm. And for people that don't know, Alt-F4 is a keyboard command to close whatever you're doing. So it just makes them close the game. And they just look at themselves like, how do you not... I just look at them and like, how do you not know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a funny little thing you can, you can watch. Um but no, it's, Resident Evil 2 is a really good game. Um, but yeah, I think I just jumped out a bit too hesitantly. And it it was definitely wasn't because I was scared. It was more of a frustration thing of like, 
Okay, there's all these dogs outside. Am I going to be able to get past? I've got no ammo at all. I didn't even have a knife on me. Um, I had like two herb things. And I was like, okay, I'm going to spend the next hour like running back and forth and trying to dodge these dogs. And then there's the um, Mr. X thing. I don't know if you've ever seen the Mr. X character before. Have you? No, I haven't. Um, he's basically this big Hulk zombie thing that you can't kill. And he... Uh, yeah, chases you basically around the map and sort of uh, relentlessly pursues you. You can, If you shoot him enough, you can basically make it so he goes on one knee, but then after a while he gets back on and walks after, walks, uh, yeah, comes after you. Um, I didn't quite get to that bit, because in the Leon A playthrough, he comes around uh, much later. Whereas with Claire, it's in like the first hour or something, it's, it's quite crazy. Um, the liquors are quite cool, I find them quite cool. Um, did you ever watch A Quiet Place? No, I never got around to doing that. Okay. Um, the liquors kind of work the same way as those monsters do, which is uh, they're blind and, um, what's it, they're blind, but they are very sensitive to sound. So, you know, basically like sort of like Daredevil in a way. Um, so you can walk like past them and they can look at you because they can't see you. But like if you start running or shooting or make too much noise, they'll they'll see you and spot you. So it's a, it's a cool kind of idea and stuff to uh, to have in there. Um, they can be killed if you get, like, one of the, uh, launcher bazooka things. Um, the one that has, like, fire on it, you can blow them up as well. So, um, I didn't find the liquors to be too much problem. They were, like, a threat, and they were a challenge, but I wasn't, like, frustrated by them. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for the game to be sent back to me, and I'm gonna jump back in. But in the meantime, uh, something big happened this week. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 is actually real, and it's actually come out. There's no more delays. Um, I can... You know, say that because I've been playing the game. Um, but yeah, it was 2005 that Kingdom Hearts 2 was released. And then they had all the other ones, didn't they? Like the spin-offs, like Birth by Sleep, 400 and something days. And uh, is it like Dream Drop Distance or something? They had a bunch of other like DS spin-offs and stuff. I think all those came out between the second and third one. But this is the third mainline game. I think it's the last one as well because in... Uh, Jonathan Dombush's review on IGN, he's the host of Podcast Beyond, he said, like, it's a satisfying conclusion to these characters, and I don't think he'd say that unless the game was, the series was done, so, I, I, I don't know if it's, like, definitely the last one, but that's what he said, so, um, but no, I, I've put it basically just on easy, and I'm gonna just sort of stroll through the, well, not stroll through, just sort of casually play through the uh, the fight sequences and do those. Because I'm in it more to see the Disney characters and to see what they have to offer and to fight with those. And, and just have some fun. And see where, the, see where the narrative goes. I'm not yet really confused by much. Um, they did, uh, and in my first impressions video, they did show um, like a previously on. But there was no like narration or anything like that. It was very strange. Um, and that just showed like a bunch of little fight scenes and bits and pieces from the past. None of which I understood. But in the current like timeline i get the gist of like okay they're fighting the darkness there's these other bad guys around and they pop up now and again and threaten you and you fight alongside disney characters so i'm just kind of going with it on on that sense um what's your kind of thoughts on kingdom hearts uh, i played a bit of kingdom hearts one yeah. on the ps2 when i was living in vegas and the roommate that i had at the time had the game mm -hmm. uh, but i never really got into into it because i think three might be the first time it's been on an xbox platform yeah it is yeah i don't know if yeah got, so have they got the collection the one and two uh, i, I honestly have, have to check 
Um, I don't think so. I'd have to check Amazon to be honest with you. Let me check that real quick. Because that should come out on that console. Uh, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Uh, it's the 1.5 and 2.5 remix thing. Um, there's also a 2.8 prologue chapter thing. Um, but I didn't play any of those. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've seen some photos these, this week of people posting uh, when they took a photo of their like younger selves with Kingdom Hearts 1 and then like 17 years later or whatever. Uh, having a photo like of their older selves with Kingdom Hearts 3 and um, yeah people are very very nostalgic for the series and uh, nostalgia is always a good thing so um, yeah those of you that have been waiting a long time because I'm not going to pretend I've been waiting for this game for 15 plus years or whatever it's been because I don't have that nostalgia for it but people that do I hope you really really enjoy the game if you're listening to the podcast and you are very nostalgic for Kingdom Hearts and you haven't been able to get your hands on 3 uh, on Kingdom Hearts 3, um, I would say as like a new player, um, I'm pretty impressed by what I've played so far. So um, have some have some high hopes, I would say. So yeah, I'm checking on Amazon. None of the collections are available for the Xbox platform. It's all a PS. Huh. That's strange. So not even the 2.8 thing is on there. Nope, huh. none of them. Weird. Well, you'll have to watch the uh, the uh, silent non-narrated uh, previously on, like just like I did. So. Uh, I mean, I was able to play 1.5 and 2.5, but I wasn't going to, so... Um, cool, that's all the stuff we've been playing. And yeah, so over the next couple of weeks, it's going to basically be Kingdom Hearts and Resident Evil, and uh, a bit of Switch games here and there, like with Uncanny Valley. And then on the 15th of February, I know there's at least three games out, so we'll probably talk about those when those come around, but we'll get to that when that happens. Uh, now we're going to jump into some housekeeping, and then some news after that. We'll see you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. If you would like to get help with trying to lose weight, this might just be the solution that you're looking for. With a range of products that include shakes, boosters, capsules and more, get started today. All you need to do is click on the Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus link in your show notes or description on iTunes or on the website. Go over to her Facebook profile, send her a Facebook message and get started with the program today. Today's second sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, The Good Place finished its third season, had a season finale. It was episode 12. I did uh, a podcast on that, of course, last week on Friday. Uh, It's going to be a very long wait until the fourth season comes back. It has been renewed. It got renewed weeks ago. Um, I think it was like last year it got renewed or something. Uh, has been renewed for season four. That will be on NBC and Netflix in the UK. Uh, sorry, NBC in the US and then Netflix in the UK. Uh, seasons one and two, I think, are available on Netflix in the US as well. 
Uh, but NBC should be NBC's free, isn't it? That's one of the uh, yeah yeah the yeah. the TV channel is the only one that requires a paid subscription at CBS. Really? Oh, the all access thing you're, t- you're talking about? Yeah, the, the all access. Everything is is either free through their respective apps or right, uh, like the you can get it through uh, Hulu. Which, by the way, um, Netflix announced a price increase over here in the U.S., and in response to that, Hulu announced a price decrease. Mm, I saw that. So, very tactical. Yep, yeah. very tactical. Yep. Um, but yes, you can catch uh, The Good Place on NBC in the U.S. and then Netflix in the U.K. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a very, very long wait for Season 4, which will be around September, I think. So, a very long wait. Uh, but something else that is continuing on Friday, Star Trek Discovery, speaking of CBS All Access uh, and Netflix in the UK. Uh, that's con- continuing on Friday. I think there's 12 episodes left. I think it's 14 for the second season. Um, we've had two episodes so far. We'll have the third one in a couple of days. And then I will continue with that. I don't know if there's a mid-season finale or if it will just run straight through. I'd kind of prefer it to just run straight through. Um, but yeah, that's been good so far for season two as well. Uh, what else is there? Um, yes, gaming talk last week. We talked about, um, of course, EA, uh, what did they do? They, yeah, they canceled another Star Wars game. We talked about, um, some other stuff as well. Some more Fallout 76 stuff and uh, a bit of next gen talk. I'm enjoying the next gen talk that I'm hearing on other podcasts as well. Cause, uh, it's not like happening tomorrow. But the PS5 and the next Xbox will be out in the next couple of years. So uh, it's just just an interesting to speculate and stuff like that. Um, Black Lightning, I did a uh, solo podcast, of course, for Season 2, Episode 10. Uh, pretty good episode, actually. I was, I was quite impressed with, with what I managed to do. That's on Netflix in the, uh, in the in the UK. So that's back as well. Uh, what else did we do this week? Uh, yeah, there's been some PSVR Let's Plays and stuff that I've I've posted. Uh, Going to be taking a little bit of a break from, from PSVR for, for now. And uh, seeing how that goes, because um, I'm yeah playing Kingdom Hearts and that sort of stuff. Uh, True Detective is continuing for its for its third season. You can jump in, into the season without seeing the others because it's an anthology series. But if you want to watch season one, skip season two, and then watch season three because season two was just really bad. So uh, that's on HBO and Sky Atlantic. Um, this week's episode was a little bit of a sort of disjointed mess, um, but you'll know uh, about that if you watch the episode and then listen to the podcast. Um, yes, Kingdom Hearts, uh, I did do first impressions for, um, the first half an hour-ish. I know, I knew that the intro was going to be a bit longer, so I knew the video was going to be, be a bit longer. Uh, there's a portion of that video where you can still hear the audio and my microphone, but because they did the scene block thing, you can't see what's happening. There wasn't much I could do about that, I'm sorry about that. Um, but that's just kind of the, I guess, streaming rules or, or whatever. So, I've seen that pop up in other games before when I haven't been streaming, but it just happened to be when I was streaming. So, apologies for that, but, uh, the video is out there if you want to enjoy it as well. Uh, and of course, I'll review Kingdom Hearts and Resident Evil when I finish them. I don't know when that will be, but look out for those as well. Uh, and that's roughly what we've got going on, um, at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, there'll be a couple of films coming out in February uh, that I'm looking to, to go and see, but nothing really came out in January apart from, like, Polar, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, so that's an update on sort of the film side of things as well. Uh, let's jump into the news that we have.
Okay, uh, do you want to go first? What, what do you have to talk about yeah. this week? Uh, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Yep. Um, first up, the uh, we got one more divorce in for divorce season for January 2019. Uh, hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, yep. sorry. Just I just heard a loud pop in my mic. So. Oh. All right. Um, anyway, so Metro Exodus is jumping from Steam to the Epic platform. Uh, they announced that earlier this week. Week. Uh, they did say that any pre-orders on Steam will be honored, but they don't have any plans to bring it to the Steam platform as a general sale until 2020. Uh, the really interesting thing is somebody on Twitter uh, reached out to the Metro Exodus team and asked about physical pre-orders, uh, because this did announce two weeks before the game's launch. And uh, Metro replied that physical copies of Metro Exodus will ship with an epic key code. So you're not even getting a physical copy of the game for PC. Okay. You're just getting a code to download it on Steam, which I'm not okay with. I mean, I do understand that that's a cost, uh, you know. Epic's free to do that stuff, isn't it? Uh, Epic does have their own platform. They're starting to get get some bundles, and they're starting to give away free games, you know, free smaller stuff, so they do have mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. But anything like this is strictly on the publisher side. So Epic, I mean, I'm sure Epic is happy to have the business, mm-hmm. and happy to have yeah. another major, major title yeah. on their platform, but yeah, anything like this Division is strictly on the... That, so. Yeah, Division 2. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's is, one of those um, things. This might be a silly question, but is Fortnite on Steam? Fortnite isn't on Steam, is it? I'd be... uh, I honestly the... don't know because I don't have the Steam downloader installed, so I wouldn't be able to check. Because that's basically Epic's big IP. Right it would now. have to be. So yeah, I I I mean I don't even go on Steam because I you know play on the PlayStation Four, but uh, yeah, I was just wondering about that if their their biggest basically money maker IP because uh, it's an Epic created game, isn't it? So. Uh, I don't yeah. know why that would be on Steam if it is. If you if you regularly play on Steam, do let us know uh, if it's on there as well. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Um, yeah, it's on there. Huh. Weird. They have a pretty decent... I mean, it's not a huge selection, but they have a pretty decent selection. They've got, uh, obviously, Metro. And the interesting thing is that it's cheaper on the Epic Store than the pre-orders on the Steam. It was uh, oh. pre-order listed as... Uh, Fifty nine ninety nine US on the Steam Store, and it's listed now as forty nine ninety nine. So it's actually ten bucks cheaper mm. on. Uh, but they've got uh, The Walking Dead on there. They've got Ashen on there. They got Darksiders three on there. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Outer Wilds, which is coming soon. Journey is on there, which is pretty cool. Uh, Shadow Complex, which is a great Metroid style game. I absolutely, I, try that. I played that. I didn't really like it. I could see the appeal, but I was like, I, I'm not going to spend time in this. But Yeah. Um, not a bad game. It's just like, okay, I don't want to be here sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's on the um, Game Pass, which is where I, I saw it. I'm pretty sure that's the same game I'm talking about. Um, yeah, and there's, there's nothing in the articles that I've read on it that affects anything on the console level, so this is strictly a uh, PC fight. Yeah it, sh- yeah, it should still be normal release on PS4, Xbox One, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that game's coming out on Switch, so no. not not initially. It, it might show up eventually, but yeah, you never in know. like two years time. Um, but no, Epic continues to get bigger and bigger. Obviously, one of the major reasons is because of Fortnite. But um, hey, if they're gonna, I mean, 
It's about time, from what I've heard and from what I've sort of seen, it's about time that Steam had some competition because uh, even through the small amount of um, Jim Sterling uh, Steam videos I've watched, there's a lot of rubbish on there. There's a lot of just pure rubbish that doesn't really work and uh, Jim's always kind of saying, uh, if you don't know Jim Sterling's a, a popular YouTuber, um, he's always pointing out like why is this why was this thing allowed on steam um i think in in his uh top 10 worst video games i do think he includes too many steam games because i mean you could just make a, a list of 10 games anyway that are just from steam but uh how much on there have you kind of mucked about with games on steam a little bit um yeah. i have no problem with a game getting on steam i mean everybody deserves a platform that they can at least try i do think they need a better qa process for broken games and you know but that's just strictly for games that mechanically physically functioning do not work i'm not going to make any kind of judgment on well this game doesn't deserve on it i mean nobody that's not anybody's call Mm -hmm. really i suppose so yeah um but no it'd be interesting to see what they continue they're a bit like uh thq it's a bit like if you take THQ, Microsoft, and Epic. Like, what things are they going to pick up next? What, stu- what studio is Microsoft going to get next? What property is THQ going to buy? And what game is going to be exclusive to Epic Store? Uh, it's, it's quite a fun sort of thing to, to follow as, uh, as time goes on. Um, and we shall see what happens. Um, cool. What else do you, do you want to talk about? Well, Apple has decided that it's going to jump into the gaming sphere. I mean, mm-hmm. they kind of already have a little bit with their mobile games. Yeah. Uh, but they've announced, well, they're not officially announced, announced, but they are developing a subscription service for games. Um, uh, Major Nelson and the people on his podcast have often described the Game Pass as the Netflix for games, although that doesn't really apply. Um, but it's definitely a platform that they have the option for. Holiday season for 2018, uh, they registered $1.2 billion dollars in sales on ios games and apps and i'm assuming that a good chunk of that is in-app purchases yeah and i know some of the games that you can do on your phone you can do through apple tv um so there's nothing officially announced announced but obviously uh they've got a platform for it and they've got a a way to get that Mm -hmm. on something so and they're not the only ones i mean microsoft has been openly testing uh, their streaming service called Project X Cloud, um, which is going to bring some games like Forza and Halo onto you know mobile devices. Right. Uh, so you know it's who knows where that's going to go. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like the next company basically to make games, I'm more interested in what Amazon can do because I know that Amazon have a lot of money i saw uh maybe a few weeks ago to a month ago that they became a trillion dollar company um and of course they they have a variety of different like income things they have you know amazon prime their video stuff and then obviously their massive shopping revenue which must just rake in quite a lot of money um because i mean if you a, a small example in case some of you don't know uh they're doing a lord of the rings tv series and just for the rights alone they paid 250 uh million dollars that's just so that basically they are allowed to make the lord of the Rings series that's not any money on like casting or or anything else so that just shows you like how much they kind of have and stuff and like Sure, if they make a Lord of the Rings series and it's really bad and gets cancelled, that could still happen. There's no guarantee that it's going to be like amazing until we hear about casting and story and that sort of stuff. But 
to to spend that much money on one thing is is quite a big sign. Um, in terms of like the app store and and games like that, that's something I never really just kind of look into. Because uh, when I got my iPhone recently and I had uh, thirty two gig of storage minus however much system space needs to be used, I can't remember what what it said that I had. I basically just went and downloaded like um, ver- versions of apps that I was using like the browser for before. Um, so things like Amazon, I was having to go on like the web browser and I was able to get the app for stuff like that this time because I have much more space. Um, but, uh, until things like, uh, some of the Xbox games and that are playable on, uh, the iPhone, there's not really much chance of me playing much on, uh, on phones. Because in terms of my on-the-go stuff, I have my Switch. Uh, which is primarily primarily what what that's for. There are certain mobile games I would like to see on the Switch, like those uh, Walking Dead games, the the sort of uh, turn-based stuff. That looks quite cool, but um, I'd much rather just use my you know on-the-go video game system that I I got to to play those kinds of stuff. Because uh, I've got things like Uno on my uh, on my Switch, which is, which is a fun kind of you know you jump in have a game of it every now and then sort of thing. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've done mobile games off and on several times. I think the best game is for mobile, whether on a platform or on uh, Switch, would be like board games, especially if you yeah, can connect yeah. online and play with other people, because that's kind of the perfect platform for that. Um, and I've mentioned several times that uh, a couple of games that have been free to play, I've sunk a ton of money into on you know, you know, in-game purchases, which I don't mind if it's a free game mm-hmm. and you enjoy it. As long as it's not a like a time wall to right, where like you that can't Harry Potter rubbish that that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't play <laughs> unless you wait eight hours or pay money. That's the only issue I have ever had with the in-app purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's a platform and it works. So yeah, uh, but uh, we'll we'll see what what happens with Apple. So um, they they I know they're a rich company, but I don't know roughly like how much money they have because i gave examples of like the the amazon news and stuff um but i don't know much on the apple side of things obviously disney's just like raking it in constantly so yeah yeah um Uh, the only number that i know of for sure is that overseas outside of the u.s apple has like 135 uh, billion dollars just sitting and part of that is because um with international banking laws sometimes you can't get a money outside the U.S. to another country, so you have to kind of go to a country to go to a country and go to a country. And also, um, America has a repatriation tax of 35%. Okay. So if, if they wanted to bring $100 billion back into the U.S., they'd have to spend $135 billion, and obviously that doesn't really make any kind of sense. Yeah. So uh, they just kind of let it sit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of my option, I mean, it's always good to have companies competing and keeping the other companies on their toes and stuff. That's always good for like mm-hmm. business competition. Plus, it doesn't really affect us because we don't have any stakes in in any of those companies. But um, yeah, in terms of the video game options, I think we've got more than enough at the moment. So especially once February fifteenth and twenty second comes around, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, we mentioned it earlier, the uh, Anthem uh, VIP demo was a giant clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. It had uh, locked uh, la- loading screens, latency problems, servers, downtime. Uh, they worked like hell to try to get it working, and I know that it uh, got up eventually. 
they did do an announcement after that. They said that uh, they're going to uh, extend the time for the normal weekend, and then they're going to do free uh, skins for the VIP members. Uh, but past that, it's just one of those things that that's kind of the whole purpose of the early access is to test mm-hmm. those uh, servers. Uh, but the public baby is out this weekend, so it's going to be February 1st, which is the Friday to the 3rd. So okay. that's yeah. the whole. Uh, that's going to be the whole public weekend, and we'll see uh, what happens from there. I'll, I, like I said, I want to jump in just for like half an hour or an hour just to see what the gameplay feels like. I don't care about any of the other multiplayer stuff that, that I mentioned, um, but I just want to see what it feels like to be in the Iron Man esque suit and di- what the, what these different classes are and stuff like that. Um, cause I've seen different like videos on them here and there, but I was thinking like, okay, I'll just wait till I jump into the game and then the game can tell me what these different suits are and all the different stuff. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll maybe jump in for now. I don't think I'll stream it. I'll maybe come back next week on the podcast and give some, some impressions, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, there, there's a line between having your beta come out and it, work but be bad because it's still a beta and there's another point where like okay if you're if you're let's just say your audience if they can't even load the thing then like that's just a bit of a different issue where like okay what about if your customers can't even get into the to the beta which is a different problem so i don't know i mean like it didn't affect me so much because you know i didn't play the the beta and this was for the pre-order members which wasn't going to be me um did you say you hadn't you haven't pre-ordered it, have you? No, I haven't pre-ordered no. it. I've actually outside of one game, I've actually quit pre-ordering just because I've had I've gotten burned a couple of times with the game being really, really bad. And then with Fallout seventy six, I'm really glad I didn't pre order that, even though I'm mm. a huge Fallout fan and I'm actually still playing the game. Yeah. Uh, if I had pre ordered it, it would have cost me twenty bucks more than what I paid for it, and then I would have gone through that nightmare of the game and act game itself an actual launch so mm-hmm. yeah and you all know the extent of my pre-orders is browse ps4 coming soon add to list <laughs> or, yeah. uh, or switch or xbox or, or whatever so um yeah uh cool what else do you want to talk about well i mean if you don't want to play the anthem beta this weekend the uh, gears of war 4 mm-hmm. is going uh, free to play this weekend uh never really been a gears fan i mean i own the games when they come in as part of like a games with gold i mean who doesn't at this point <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. mean so technically i own them yeah uh and it's and it, it's an inexpensive game if you have game pass you can play it regardless and if you yeah, want to get it live all, i think it's like there, aren't they? so yeah, yeah i think it's like 30 bucks on amazon if you want to buy it and i'm sure as part of um it being a free-to-play weekend it'll be on a sale i don't know that for sure but most of the games when they go on a free to play weekend they'll also be they also get put on sale so yeah and uh i, I one of my favorite franchises xbox franchises is uh is gears of war i did really like halo i liked halo 3 and 4 i think i skipped 1 and 2 uh, the multiplayer for 3 halo 3 was amazing uh, and then halo 5 was like really bad story but really good multiplayer so i i did didn't continue um but when i look at xbox's library and their kind of franchises gears um I think was the first actual Xbox exclusive that I started because uh, like I said before when I was in high school when I had the PS3 or the Xbox 360 option I jumped into Xbox 360 uh, and then other than Pro Evolution Soccer me not knowing what Konami was up to at the time um, I jumped into Pro Evolution Soccer uh, and then I had um, yeah I started uh, I think it was I, I got 
Halo and Gears at the same time, but Gears was the one that I think I stepped into first. Um, it was the one that I enjoyed more first as well, because I didn't enjoy Halo as much to begin with. Um, but uh, no, I mean, like we said, you've got the Game Pass options. Uh, if you didn't grab them as a Games of Gold and you... Uh, and you have that sort of stuff. Sorry, if you if you did grab them as a games of gold when they're available, and you still have gold, it's a very easy way to jump into there. Uh, like we said, uh, Game Pass has been on sale a lot of times. I don't know if the one dollar thing or one pound thing is still going on, but if it is, you can pay that and then you know pay very little money for four games because Judgment as well. Uh, Judgment gets a lot of stick um, as well, and so does Gears of War. Actually, there's five, yeah, five of them then, because there's Gears 1, 2, 3, 4, and then Judgment. Because uh, Judgment's the prequel to 1, wasn't it? Yeah, Judgment was the prequel to 1. Uh, so you can... I don't know. Maybe you should jump into Judgment first and then play... I don't know w which ones you should play first. But, um, yeah, you can jump into those four. They're all on Game Pass and stuff, and they're probably quite cheap in shops and stuff like that if you want to get physical versions. Um... And uh, yeah, it's a series that I'd, I'd definitely recommend, so um, yeah. Would, would you recommend the series, I guess? I mean, it, it definitely has its uh, options. It mm -hmm. definitely has, you know, its fan base. I've never been, like I've, I've said before, I've never been, you know, a, a big shooter guy. But that's more because I'm not very good at the games. I'm more of a mm -hmm. slow, tactical you know, turn-based kind of a guy. That's that's really more in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But the fact that they've had so many games and they're still cranking them out just just shows you how uh, you know how good the games are and how dedicated the fan base is. So. Mm -hmm. And Gears Five should be out this year, maybe. I think. Maybe. And that will be on Game Pass. So. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So if you wait, even if maybe you wait for Gears Five to come out, and then you uh buy the eight pound or twelve pound or however much full price game pass is you can jump in and play all of them so uh yeah good options for you for for some good games and you also you also just said it was free to play for gears 4 so yeah uh, gears 4 is gonna be free to play this weekend so that's an yeah. even better way um gears 4 gets a lot of uh stick as well and i don't quite understand why i thought it was a good kind of you know like star wars episode 7 the sort of little pass the torch kind of thing it worked narratively the same way as that and uh, a lot of people said they didn't like it and it didn't feel like Gears. I disagree with that and uh, I quite enjoyed uh, Gears of War 4. So I thought Gears of War 3 is maybe the best out of all of them. Um, but just because... It, it's strange because Gears of War 3 does have an ending and they managed to somehow like grab that story and revive it for number 4. So I don't know. don't know what they'll do. Uh, be interesting. Cool. What else did you want to talk about? Oh, well, the last thing that I had to talk about is the Humble Bundle is officially coming to the PS4. Mm -hmm. uh, they announced this bundle a day ago, and I'm on the site now. It's the uh, Indie PlayStation 2019 Humble Bundle. It's live for two weeks, so right now the countdown is at 13 days and two hours. If you pay at least $1, you will unlock Grim Fandango Remastered, Bard's Tale Remastered, and Inner Space. And if you want to do classic, like 90s point and click adventures you really can't go wrong with grim fandango it's an excellent game with an excellent story okay. and i really wish this was on the xbox platform but it's only on the ps4 uh if you pay at least ten dollars you'll also unlock layers of fear wasteland 2 director's cut the talos principle and broken age uh broken age is obviously the big one of the big crown funders that got uh you know, then back into it. Mm -hmm. And then at the $15 or more level, you unlock uh, Killing Floor 2 and Shadow Warrior 2. Okay. So all great games. And then there are bonuses, uh, 
you know, a Grim Fandango soundtrack, Interspace soundtrack, Layer soundtrack, and Broken soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is the Humble Bundle, so this all goes uh, to support charities. Um, so it's one of those things that it's cool that it's starting to come to uh, um, consoles. Hopefully it'll come to uh, Xbox at some time soon. Maybe, so. maybe they'll just buy the company. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Microsoft is lining up even more companies to buy, and Sony should be as well. We have a little something on on uh, Quantity Dreams in, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, you, I don't think you can ever have. Can you have too many exclusives for a platform? I don't really think you can. Like, uh, it's hard telling. I mean, you got to remember back in '08 and '09, Sony was doing what Microsoft's doing now. They were buying up companies left and right, and they've mm-hmm. since shed a lot of them. Yeah, um, but that's part of their overall thing because they've shed a lot of stuff and they've had a lot of losses. Um, Microsoft obviously is more in the, on the PC market where Sony is, you know, console gaming and their, um, movie studios and odd and, uh, you know, musical and they've got a lot of different things going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's interesting if you if any of you guys like these kind of games, and like Robert said, you can pay what was it a dollar or a pound, whatever. Uh, it, it, uh, all the prices that I've seen are are US, so it's at least one dollar. Okay, so you can play pay a very little amount and uh, enjoy some of these games. So yep, that's pretty good as well. Um, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about the whole Microsoft and, and buying companies and who they might might buy next, but uh, we'll uh, discuss that at some point, I guess. So um, I mean, E three's in what's Six months, seven months. Uh, so. less. It's like 135 days. I was listening to uh, the Major Nelson podcast right. uh, over the weekend. They said they he had Phil Spencer on there as a guest, and he brought that up. And they said that E3 was in like 131 days yeah. and change. So that's like four and a half months. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot closer. Weird with Sony not there this year. Yeah, but you know that just means well. Well, that absolutely means we're not getting you know the PS5 this year. Yeah. Uh, but past that, that gives them the chance to you know to reset, recalculate, and refresh everything. So I see. It's interesting when I listen to Next Gen talk for PlayStation, and it's Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima, sorry, Last of Us, Death Stranding, and PS5. I think you know some people are like, oh, we're gonna get those three games this year. We're gonna get those three games this year. Uh, and then I think like, okay, we. PlayStation doesn't really need them that desperately to come out this year, and we they certainly don't need the PS5 to come out in like the next six months. So, um, yeah, the PS5 definitely won't be this year. I'm pretty sure, uh, if not next year. And uh, I I think those three games will just come out the same year as as the PS5, but they'll be hopefully backwards compatible. So we'll see. Uh, you said that was your last thing. Yeah, that was my last thing I had to talk about. Cool. We have some emails, some games with gold, and some other news. I will do the emails last and do the games with gold first. On Xbox, so this is for your February games with gold for 2019. On Xbox One, gold members can download uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which is $10 for free. Uh, which is $10, but you can download it for free the month of February. Super Bomberman, uh, or Bomberman R, uh, which is uh, $40, which I think is a little, maybe expensive for that game, I'm not sure, will be available as a free download uh, 16th to 15th, so 16th of February, March 15th. Uh, on Xbox 360, obviously backwards compatible, I don't really need to keep saying that, because that's been the case for 18 months, 2 years, I, I can't remember. Uh, starting February 1st, Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is $30 otherwise, will be free for Xbox Live Gold members until the 15th. 
And then on the 16th, you can get Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, which is $10. But you can get it until... Uh, so from the 16th to the 28th, because of course this month is shorter as well. Have you heard of this Star Wars game? Yeah, the, uh, the Jedi Academy is yeah. actually an original Xbox game, so oh. that goes back to 2003. Uh, it's a pretty decent game. I honestly don't remember it that much, because that was, you know, when you think about it, 15 plus years ago. So, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not getting any new Star Wars games, so we get to play an old <laughs> one, which is kind of cool. So At least ones that aren't Battlefront 3. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm guessing they'll have a battlefront. What was it like? Was it Battlefield Five they did last year? So I wonder what they're gonna because they seem to swap those over, don't they? Battlefield Battlefront, and they haven't yeah. said anything yet about Battlefront Three. Although Jedi, is it Fallen Order? They called it. It's supposed to be out this year, so maybe that will be this year's Star Wars game. But uh, mm-hmm. we shall see. Because um, yeah, I, I I've heard of some of the other ones like Kotor uh, or Knights of the Old Republic and and like Bounty Hunter and some of the other ones, but I'd never heard of this Jedi Academy one before did you well to be fair that was when you were what 10 something like that maybe yeah (laughs) so um i i saw this picture last week as well of all the all the star wars games that basically came out pre-ea and then the two that have come out under ea of over the last what five years or, or something and uh yeah there's a there's a big difference. Just lo- lots of like Lego games, and then they had all the other games and stuff, and this and Kotor and everything else. So, uh, yeah, that's that's out there. Did you see that picture? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty funny. It said um, Star Wars games released from this year to this year, and then under EA. But I didn't read what the the other years were. Well, what about the other games in this list? Anything that stands out to you? Uh, Bloodstain I might check out because it is a a two D side scroller. Okay. And those are always fun for me. Uh, past that, nothing really that jumps out at me. I'm not a Bomberman guy. That's more of a online multiplayer. Yeah. Which I I do online multiplayer, but it's it, it's very bizarre game. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Assassin's Creed. Play, so. Yeah. Assassin's Creed. I'm not a big fan of. I mean, it's cool if somebody else likes it. You know, I'm not going to crap on that. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I played two to completion i played a bit of three a bit of four uh but outside of that nothing really you know jumped out at me and said hey look at me look at me look at me yeah um Um, so so this is the the, xbox 360 version of assassin's creed rogue and they did they did do a hd up res remaster remake i can't remember specifically what it was for uh current gen consoles so if you want like a newer version uh you can get a new version of rogue so what what was you going to say before uh, so the Jedi Academy, I'll definitely check out. Um, yeah. I don't remember if I ever played that or not. I know of it. I've seen you know gameplay for it, but it's been so long. I honestly don't remember yep. if I've actually played it or not. Uh, Sasha Games of Gold for February 2019. We will probably have the PlayStation ones by next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Or they'll probably be be announced an hour after I post this. So <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, so the other news we have, I have one other news piece and then some emails. Quantic Dream, not Quantic Dreams, Quantic Dream, uh, the guys behind uh, Heavy Rain Beyond Two Souls and of course uh, last year's Detroit Become Human have signed with NetEase, which is a company I've never heard of until yesterday when this was announced. Uh, And basically Quantic Dream is going to partner with them and go multi-platform. So basically Quantic Dream's next game will be on Xbox then, I I imagine. And... uh, they're going to be, yeah, going going with them going forward. Um, but I didn't hear that this will affect Detroit. I don't think this means Detroit is coming to Xbox. Because this is like a new deal. And I'm pretty sure with um, 
Detroit, Sony must own that in some way. Uh, basically, basically, this is a new sort of deal for Quantic Dream to sign, and then, and then their next games uh, are going to be with NetEase, and they'll be multi-platform. Um, have you ever heard of them before? No, I have not. It's it's got to be like a foreign investor. It's like when uh, Destiny Two, uh, when Bungie split with uh, Activision. Yeah, a good chunk of that was because they got a hundred million dollar angel investment from some Chinese company. <laughs> so I got to figure it's something similar in that they're getting money from somewhere from some company that we've never heard of that's just looking to get into the game, as it were. Pardon, pardon the pun, but. Uh, yeah, I've I've not heard of them either. I I did see some tweets yesterday that they're a bit of a multiplayer focused company, so that's kind of interesting. You, you could maybe do some kind of like co-op uh, action adventure sort of choices thing, maybe if if you want. It doesn't mean that they're going to make a multiplayer game. It just means that they've partnered with them, and we don't know much more. They did have a video release yesterday where the um, the AI character called Chloe, which is the one that you see on the main menu of Detroit. She came out and had this AI, you know, done message uh, with, with that character. And she was like, hey, we've signed up with uh, NetEase and this and that. And we've got more coming soon. And then, um, what was it? There, there's this, like, little sort of slogan in Detroit, which is, like, stay vigilant. Or, or something. I think it's called stay vigilant. And then uh, she, like, winked at the camera when she said that. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, have have you played any of the Quantic Dreams games, the, the three of them? No, I mean, I, I keep meaning to get Detroit Become Human, but yeah. my backlog is so insane right now, it's not even funny. Um, yeah. I've got four games on the PS4, and I've put serious time into one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's I'm going to take advantage of not being at work today because of uh, the uh, the uh, cold you know, yeah, Armageddon, right basically, yeah. <laughs> to uh, get some more time in on the PS4. Mm-hmm. I think... And, uh, Sorry, go ahead. And I said, outside of that, yeah, I I, I want to finish at least the story part for uh, um, Horizon. Horizon and then get into uh, God of War. Cool. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, you can get, uh, if you guys haven't started any of these games yet, uh, I've played Heavy Rain. I heard nothing but bad stuff about Beyond Two Souls, but I do kind of want to play it. Um, and, of course, Detroit was, uh, let's say, very high in my list for last year. You can check out our Best of 2018 podcast where we that stuff last year um you can get heavy rain and beyond two souls as a package i think as well detroit isn't available in that obviously because it's a new game and stuff but uh, there's been some good sales in the playstation store and stuff so uh, if you guys you know buy, buy those games or whatever uh you can probably find them at, at good prices so that's good as well um but no i think they do some really some really really good stuff and um it's interesting with detroit because like we all try to avoid politics the best we can um but detroit is has almost got this like fictional political it's got it's got a fictional political story where like sure we're making like robots and all that kind of stuff now but they're not in the state of where detroit is where like you've got a robot that's cleaning your house or whatever or or um is a detective and that kind of stuff um, but it's essentially like a story about like, okay, do we want these androids in our lives? Are they good? Are they bad? Obviously, there's different characters that go on different sides. And then like, should we kill them? Should we get rid of them? Should we, what should we do about them? Uh, and that's sort of not all the story of Detroit because there's a lot of character story in there as well that I think is really, really good. Um, but uh, yes, that's kind of the, the sort of gist of the political side of it. 
But the thing is with that is we aren't really having political discussions about that stuff at the moment because we haven't gotten to the point of Detroit. So um, it's an interesting sort of different fictional political story to, to kind of get into. So Plus it doesn't really lean too heavily on that because you're like running around and, and doing other stuff and whatever. So it's pretty good. Uh, let's move into the emails this week. You can send yours into Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Of course, Twitter at eTalkUK, Instagram is eTalkUK as well, and there's also the contact page which you can check out as well. Anthony says, with Nintendo's recent news about having uh, no price cut or new model in development, I also saw this uh, last week or so, um, how will the Switch be able to compete, or do you think there's actually a new Switch in development? Uh, What do you kind of think of this? Well... The Switch is kind of in its own little world in terms mm. of competing. I mean, they've they're not competing in a sense with either uh, Nintendo with uh, Microsoft or PlayStation because they're not going for the hyper realistic graphics. They're not going for the the yeah. thing. They're kind of in their own lane, for lack of a better word. Um, there might be something in development. It's hard to tell. I think um, they should have if they haven't. If they like really haven't, I'd be quite surprised. Yeah, um, as I've said before on the podcast, I would like just like a, a Switch XL to where the controllers, the 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 left and the right controllers, mm-hmm. were designed to fit an adult's hand because they're they're clearly not, and that's clearly fine because obviously with the games they've come out with, their lane is like you know the ten to to fifteen year old, which is oddly ironic considering most of their games lie so heavily on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's the kind of thing I would like to see, but past that, they really don't have a reason to do a price drop. They're still making crazy big sales, which I'm thoroughly impressed with, um, given their price point. Um, the, the number of units they've shipped is well beyond anything I thought would actually even happen. Yeah. Because um, yeah. if the, the long-time listeners know, when they did their like initial 15 million sales, I openly mocked that as a, an option, and they've gone way past that. Mm-hmm. So I don't see any real reason. I mean, they might do an update with, like, a better battery, or they might do an update with, like, um, you know, more memory or things like that. Yeah. But past that, you know, they really don't even have that kind of a need. Yeah, I think uh, aside from third-party support, they don't need to because, obviously, their first-party and second-party stuff, uh, you know, Mario and Zelda and all that kind of stuff... Um, that's obviously being developed like in-house and that sort of stuff, and they can appropriately put those games on the Switch. But in terms of third-party support and things that are a bit more outside their control in development-wise, um, I think the Switch does need to... They've done a good job with it. They've done a very good job with it. Um, it's unfortunate because a lot of the third-party games they've released are things I've kind of already played, like Max Curse of Brotherhood and Little Nightmares and L.A. Noir and, and stuff like that I've, I've already played before. Um... But I think in terms of when you get some of these new games, um, they need to maybe l- look at trying to get more, e- even more of those in, maybe. Because uh, you kind of need a mix of like new stuff. Because um, was it Trials uh, Rising is going to be on Switch, that comes out in March, and that will be a new release that's on Switch as well. Um, I'm, yep. surprised, I'm surprised more of the Lego games on on the Switch as well, because they've got uh, the Super Heroes 2, the, the uh, Marvel lego superheroes 2 they got the incredibles one on there which i didn't think was a very good game and that's not nintendo that's not the switch's fault i just thought that, that game wasn't particularly great 
Um, and they also had, uh, I think Jurassic World or Park might be on there, or whatever it's called. Um, but some of those smaller games, they should really kind of be on the Switch, like the old Lego Star Wars games, they should be on there. Um, but I think also in terms of, um, things that happened a couple of years ago, they should maybe look a bit more into those. But those sorts of third-party games that might not work on the Switch, they need to look at some way to get more of those on. That's my only kind of concern, I suppose. In terms of the Switch and how it runs great system nothing really wrong with it um i think the only the the biggest problem i maybe do have with it is uh the kickstand or the basically lack thereof so uh they just almost need to make something so that the little thing that you pull out you have maybe one on the other side or, or something but uh there's other stands and things that you can get out there but of course that involves spending money so um i think the switch is doing fine i just I, i'm looking at the third party support as a thing that they need to not massively uh, increase on because they have done a good job with that but just continue to sort of uh, hit that nail on the head I suppose if it were uh, Michelle says if the PlayStation 5 doesn't have any backwards compatibility how do you think it will compete with Xbox will Sony just try and focus more on exclusives but how will this also affect Xbox with their new exclusives of course because of what we talked about with uh, the new studios uh, or old studios being brought such as uh, Ninja Theory and stuff like that um, what do you think of this well, I mean, there's nothing that says they have to have backwards compatibility mm. for the PS5. They would be utterly, utterly stupid if they didn't. Yeah. And if they did not have backwards compatibility, they're basically giving everything to Microsoft. Um, and it, it, they're just saying, buy new shit. Whereas Microsoft, they've kind of future-proved themselves, so when the next iteration of the Xbox comes out, it's not a generational thing it's not a new platform because it's just we're making it a little bit better mm-hmm. and so they're they're probably gonna i don't know this obviously i have no interaction with microsoft right but but this is just years and years and years and years and years of experience uh being you know just alive and paying attention to stuff they said hey everything you've got now you can still use it now it just works a little bit better yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think the next Xbox console that comes out won't have a disc. We talked about that before. I could see that easily as an iteration. Uh, but back to the PS5, they would just be shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. They they have no reason to do that. They have uh, no reason not to do that either. Um, but it's just one of those things that you never know. I and mean, they might just decide, hey, screw that. Um, you got to remember, though, this is the company that has to do a beta to figure out how to get people to change their uh, PlayStation name. Name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's strange because on, on almost any other platform, literally any other platform, you can change your name very easily. So, Because uh, you just click on the box, you press delete, and you put your new name in, and you press save. So, uh, and l- Unless you do have to pay on a certain different platform, you're still able to do it, though. So, Yeah. Um, I I do I can see a bad a slightly worse future where PlayStation goes, hey let's ignore the PS3 and the Vita and all that kind of stuff. But look, we got Death Stranding and Last of Us and God of War and Spider Man and Ghost of Tsushima and look, new games, new games, new games. I get what you you mean by uh, that sort of situation, and I could see them doing that, and that would be a very lazy approach. And I hope that they don't do that because they're almost in a situation at the moment where that is kind of the case. Because they're not really promoting, you know, they're not promoting backwards compatibility because they don't really have any, apart from PlayStation Now, which they also don't really advertise. But they are going, hey, look, first-party games, exclusives, exclusives, exclusives. 
uh, like with the things that they've got. And granted, they're doing a tremendous job in in that field. They just need to continue there and move some of their focus elsewhere as well. So we'll see what happens. And plus, you got to remember the one universal thing that you know goes between countries and nations and whatever is nobody likes to waste money. I mean, some people might on like a weird level, but mm-hmm. for the most part, nobody likes to waste money. And if they do come out with a PS5 and it doesn't have backwards compatibility to at least the PlayStation 4, yeah, at least the PlayStation then, 4. then everything purchased you can't use. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the weird, brilliant genius with Microsoft you know, putting so much time and effort into backwards compatibility is that I completely forgot I purchased this game. I get to play it again because I've already purchased this game. Yeah. And if you make people rebuy everything from PS4 on down to the PS5... People are just going to be like, eh, nah. Yeah. And they'll get either an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X, depending on the price point, and flip over back from PS4 to Xbox. Because that's what happened when the original Xbox came out. They had their horrible launch, and they had, you know, Matrick doing his thing. Everybody was just like, eh, nah. And they just flopped over to the PlayStation platform. Yeah. And they can quite easily go back again. Yeah, because then it was, hey, look, you can... Or PlayStation was like, hey, look, yeah, this is how you share games. This is how you do this and that. And we're cheaper and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think one of the major problems with the price point was the fact that it was more... The Xbox was more expensive, but it came with this camera thing that not everybody wanted. Some people wanted it, some people didn't. But some people were looking at it and like, hey, can I, you know take that off the checklist and make the thing uh cheaper which they eventually did do so uh, mm-hmm. but that was just much later down the line so um i think at bare minimum playstation it needs to be backwards compatible with playstation 4 but i can also see a really like because on a day-to-day basis i sort of um you have to look at sony and you have to think like okay from day to day they have to be looking at their um massive back catalog and library and the, the nostalgic games they have there for people uh, like Crash and Spyro and Resident Evil and, and a bunch, just a whole bunch of other stuff like Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper and Gex and I could go on and on uh, they yeah. need to really look at that library and, and capitalize on it So um, yeah and at the end of the day with the exception of Playstation 3 everything is just software mm-hmm. I mean I could buy, a, I could go to like one of these uh, you know used game stores buy a PS1 disc download some software on my computer and play it on my computer when they come out with the PS5, any backwards compatibility with like the physical discs is strictly software. Now, the PS3 is in its own kind of little pigeonhole because they got screwy with the hardware, which is why even though technically you know, it was a more powerful system than the 360, it was so hard to program on and so hard to work with that a lot of the developers are just you know, kind of did that as an aside, which is why even though in terms of actual sales, the PS3 had more sales. That's why most people consider the 360 as winning that generation. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and if they do the backwards compatibility, but only with digital sales, you know, that's that's going to be okay for the people that were never on that platform. But again, yeah. that's going to really be the price point because it makes no sense that I can go to a used game store buy a PS2 ps1 or ps2 game for two dollars or five dollars right but then they expect me to pay fifteen dollars for a digital version of that if you really want that big of a catalog that money will even itself out really quick even buying like a used ps1 mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's all going to be very interesting to see when these things get revealed so 
Uh, but it won't be this year in E3, so we'll see We'll see what happens. And that's what we got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, if you have, like I said, your own questions, uh, th- things that you want to talk about, gaming-related or otherwise, uh, matthew at entertainmenttalk.org is the email. It's, of course, in your show notes as well, so you can simply click on it and uh, or copy and paste it and send us an email that way as well so you don't necessarily even have to type it out you can just click on it which is helpful as well as well as the other links that we have to many other different things uh some of those um are to help support entertainment talk and support the podcast one of them is patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk that's where you can go and redeem rewards reviews of your choice itunes uh please do rate and review and subscribe to the uh, feeds that you use it's also important that you do also subscribe as well because then you'll get the new episodes sent to you or on in uh, whatever feed that you do subscribe to, but please also rate and review them as well. They help us to get shown in the charts. Uh, we mentioned Amazon in this episode. You can use our Amazon affiliate link. We'll get a small cut of what you spend, and it won't cost you anything extra. So that's a great way to support us as well. Uh, and uh, word of mouth, the easiest and free way to support us as well. Uh, of course, iTunes is, is free to rate and review and subscribe. But uh, also another free method is um, word of mouth. Uh, please share the, po- uh, the podcast on Facebook. Retweet them on Twitter, that kind of stuff. Uh, send the links to friends and family. Tell them about the website and the iTunes feeds. And they could discover the content for themselves as well. Uh, video games, which is what you've been here for for the last hour. If you'd like to watch me, Robert or David play different video games, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels, and Robert's got one on Mixer as well, so you can subscribe to those and watch us play games when we go live. Uh, thank you all very much for listening to this episode, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>